Tonight, it is a day to reflect and be thankful, and I just want to keep a sense of sobriety um, to, what, to what this day means. I don't know about your street, but my street was very still. Not one lawnmower, not one, no rap music, and <laughs> so I do think the world knows that this is such a sacred day. Let me just quote a scripture, John 3.16, you know it, of course you do, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But there's more to it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it through him and through the church. Can I just say this, that the kingdom is coming through the church. It's not coming through people outside the church, outside the family, the army called the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I really do believe that as this uh, weekend represents the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, that I believe it also represents the cosmic unfolding of the gospel the cosmic unfolding of the gospel. And I just love that. So the cross presents us with a singly most powerful and enormous and... ...intervened into humanity, into the affairs, the culture, Everything, the seven mountains, the very cosmos stood to attention when Christ was crucified. It's certainly, I, I love that story of the centurion and they said, certainly this man was a good man. And, and people started to beat, even the spectators started to beat their, their chest, realizing what have we done? So yes, the cross is central to our Christian faith. Why did Jesus die? Mankind was careering helplessly on its way to a hell-bent destiny to hell. And the world needed a miracle. And there was no way humanity could manipulate its own salvation. There was a sacrifice. A sacrifice that needed to be paid for the penalty of our sins. It was always going to be a blood sacrifice for the remission of sins. It was always God's holy order from the very beginning. Let me under explain. Adam and Eve, when they sinned and brought about the fall of humankind, they tried to cover their misdeeds with fig leaves, their own endeavors, their own appeasement, say their own religion. But God required and instituted a righteous, holy sacrifice of bloodshed to cover them with animal skin shared to create a covenant. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Abraham, even after proving himself faithful to give up his own son, Isaac, and yes, his son was spared, needed more reassurance when he said, Lord, I need more assurance. And so God cut a covenant with Abraham and blood was shared. So throughout history, even in cultures that did not know Jesus, the importance of the blood has been paramount. The scriptures say there is life in the blood. And that blood represents 
the sacredness of life itself. Can you imagine how, how sacred the blood of Christ Jesus was? I had an imagery in a conference in 2000 up in Brisbane, uh, Peter Wagner, Dutch Sheets, and there was three days of apostolic conference, and I had imagery through this protracted time of worship that I saw this one uh, drop of blood coming down like on a, on a strand of hair coming down from heaven, and I could see it coming down in my mind, and, 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 and it came, and slowly, like, like honey, just, just dripped down. And then it touched the earth. That seed that impregnated this world, we're still reaping a harvest from it. Can you say amen? So a blood sacrifice was used for the Old Testament covenant. And after God allowed mankind to run its course to appease God, through what became self-righteous religion, God said, enough. And prophetically, it was always coming this event, Christ crucified and the sacrifice. God said to Satan in Genesis 3.15, my seed, my son Jesus will crush your head and deal once and for all with, your, with his meddlings to humanity, his children. In Acts 13, Paul took considerable time to prove that Jesus' death and resurrection must take place. And he quotes Psalm 2, Psalm 16, and Isaiah 55 as prophetic words pointing to Christ. And so it's true, Jesus Christ shed his blood to cut a new covenant with his creation, as John the Baptist said he would, and as the prophet said he would. John 1.29 says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Can sing, someone say amen to that? And as this hymn declares, Lamb of God so pure and spotless, Lamb of God for sin is slain. They shed blood has brought redemption, cleansing us from every stain. Lamb redeeming, Lamb redeeming, bearing all our sins away, bearing all our sins away. The good news is Jesus took the penalty of our sins and with his body he suffered unspeakable, unspeakable agony. On the cross, and he died. His lifeless body was placed in a tomb. On the third day, life infused his body, and he rose again, triumphant over the power of sin, death, and hell. Why did Jesus die? For the remission of sin, meaning the forgiveness of sin and all its depravity, rebellion, anarchy, ugliness, pride, self-righteousness. Why did he die? To, for, to forever bridge the divide of sin that had put a chasm between man and God. He initiated a new covenant that was prophesied. Matthew 26, 28 declares, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sins. Jeremiah prophesied, the days are coming, and I believe they are here right now. Declares the Lord, the scripture says, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel, I will put my law, my word, my spirit within them and write it on the tablet of their heart. 
and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Did you get that? And I will be their God and the people. Why? Luke 177, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Why did he do this? To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission, by the forgiveness of sins. Why did he do this? To give knowledge to your neighbors, our friends, the people that you bump into the street at your workplace, to give them knowledge that salvation is a gift, is possible, and is available. And it's true, Jesus died and shed his blood to set us free from guilt, from wrongs, from sickness, from demons, from curses, from ourselves even, from lack, and even from the world. Who wants that? Who wants to be set free from those things? The first resurrection seed brought God a harvest of souls. Those who believe in his name are redeemed to receive the blessing of salvation, healing, and abundance. And for 2,000 years, that original seed has continued to multiply. Jesus was the firstborn of many children and the first fruits of the resurrection. And we, my friends, are part of that harvest as we speak. And there's so many more coming. It's true, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so with that, we can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your promise that God remits sin on the basis of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So just close your eyes just for a moment. And let's contemplate of the profound sacrifice Christ has made for you. And I pray this. As the Lord is peering out over the sapphire sill of heaven, looking down upon his children right now, here in this house, he is well pleased that you are honoring him here this evening in his presence. I pray this, that it would be settled in your heart forevermore, that Jesus Christ loves you with an everlasting love, an unconditional love. He's pursuing you. Morning, noon, and night, dreams and visions. He is pursuing you and your children and your loved ones. And Lord, we thank you for that, for the grace and the mercy and for the reward of your suffering, Lord, and for the blood shed. We say thank you, Lord. Let's take a stand, if you could, just a moment.
you, Jesus. Let's just close our eyes right now and let Jesus, the grace of Jesus, come. There's something so beautiful he's doing in our midst. There's something so beautiful he's doing across the earth right now. He's so gentle. He's so calm. He's so He was bruised for our transgressions. He was pierced for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Recently, I had a picture of Jesus. It was like the transfigured Jesus. He was pure white. It was like his clothing was like light and he was like light. And he just, he just landed. And he said to me, I'm landing throughout the earth. In many places, and I'm coming for my bride. I'm coming for my church because I've heard the cries of my people. Forty-two years ago, he heard my cry. My cry. One voice crying out to him. There was a woman who was like that. Her name was Mary Magdalene. The scriptures say that she sought for him. She looked for him. She risked her life to find him in a Pharisee's house a religious leader's house. And in those days, they would have a bowl of water at the door because they wore sandals and they walked in dust and dung all day. And when you came to someone's house, they would wash your feet and then they would anoint your head with oil and invite you to sit at their dinner table, which was on the floor. Jesus came to the Pharisee's house, the religious leader of that day. And this religious leader didn't even wash Jesus' feet. He didn't even anoint him with oil. He let his filthy feet come into that house and recline at the table. It was a sign of, of great dishonour, greatest dishonour you could give. And this woman, this prostitute, this Mary Magdalene that was an outcast, she was an outcast. She wasn't welcome in the temple. She wasn't welcome with the holy people. She was unclean. She was an outcast.
And she had one jar, an alabaster jar. And in those days, if you wanted to get married, you would have to have a dowry. And I think she'd had this hidden away. But in the hope one day, a miracle might happen and someone would be able to wipe her past away and allow her to fulfill the dream in her heart to actually be a righteous woman and be accepted. And so she brings this alabaster jar. They say it was worth many years' wages. And she comes to the Pharisee's house and she bursts through the door because she's got nothing to lose. She's heard that Jesus is here and she's got nothing to lose. And she throws herself at Jesus' smelly, dirty feet. And she begins to wash his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. And she smashes the alabaster jar, her only hope of redemption, her only hope of a future. She said, I'm going to pour this out on his feet. And she smashes it and she pours it out on his feet. The Pharisee was sitting there. If you were a prophet of God, you would know what kind of woman this is that's touching you. And he looks at the Pharisee and he says, I came into your house. You never washed my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil. Yet she's washed my feet with her tears. She dried them with her hair and she's poured oil over my feet. And I think he looked at that Pharisee and said, I know exactly what kind of woman this is. This is the kind of woman that I came here for. This is the kind of person I've come here for, to reveal my Father's love, not to the religious, but to the people, the everyday people who feel shut out from God, who don't understand the love my Father has. And he ignored the Pharisee and he turned to Mary. Her head was down. She couldn't look at him. Like many of us today, some of us have been Christians for years. We still can't look at him because we, we feel unworthy. There's hidden things. There's things that we haven't been healed of. There's things that we haven't poured out on his feet. We've got religious we got judgmental somewhere along the way. We got stuck in our pews. And we forgot what the love of God was really here for and what He was doing. And He put His finger under her chin, lifted her chin, the Bible says. And He says, daughter, 
your many sins are forgiven you. Now go and sin no more. The Bible says that he then later cast seven demons out of her. Seven demons. And she became one of his greatest disciples, Mary. She was there right through his journey. She was there ministering with him, alongside of him, seeing miracles, seeing demons cast out of people, seeing, seeing people saved and healed just like her. Seeing Jesus walk out to the streets and find people everywhere just like her. Just common people who weren't allowed in the temple for some reason or another. She was there when the Pharisees started to come against Him. She was there. She watched the persecution that He went through. Her heart was broken. She was there at the cross, right there. The other disciples except for John had all run away. But there she was, right there. Because I tell you what, when you know that He loves you, you'll follow Him anywhere. You'll follow Him anywhere. And she stood at the foot of the cross. And she was there when they took Him down. And she wept over His body. And they put Him into a tomb. And she was there. And it was the Sabbath of three days later. She was waiting with new oil now, not her alabaster oil. Now she was waiting with the oil that she wanted to anoint her king for burial. She was waiting to anoint him. And she goes to the tomb. The stone had been rolled away. And she begins to weep. Where is he? What have they done with him? What have they done with him? Where is he? And then she heard a voice. Mary. Mary. She thought at first it was the gardener. What have you done with him? Do you know that Jesus was on His way in resurrection power. He had been raised from the dead and He was on His way to His Father. And as it is in Levitical law, that if the priest is touched by something unclean, the sacrifice is not accepted. And He had given the sacrifice of His own blood, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world forever. And He was on His way. He'd taken the keys of hell and death. He was going up in victory to sit at the right hand of His Father. It is finished, Father. But on the way up, He heard someone he heard a voice, one woman. Where is he? Where have they put him? Where have they put him? And the compassion of Jesus for one person risked 
everything that he had paid a price for. And he turned around and came back down. Mary, Mary, she finally realises, Jesus, Messiah, Jesus. He says, Mary, don't touch me. Don't touch me, Mary. I have not yet ascended to my Father. He was telling her, if you touch me, I'll have to do this all over again. But Mary, I've come back to tell you, I have risen. Go and tell. Go and tell all the people. That's how important one person is to Jesus. That's how important you are to Jesus, each and every one of you. No matter what past you've had, no matter what your life has been like. And here I was 42 years ago in the same position, crying out, Is there a God? I was crying out, Where is He? Where is He? If here is one. Suddenly a great light came into my room and the face of a man was in my room with me. And he's smiling at me and his eyes were blue like the ocean. His smile was so kind. And he looked at me and he didn't see my sin and he didn't see my past and he didn't see me. He looked straight inside me and he found me just like he found Mary, just like he's finding you. See, this Jesus doesn't have eyes that judge you. He doesn't have a smile that condemns you. He doesn't have a heart that wants to condemn you. But just like in that video, he says, all I'm looking for is your heart. I just, I'm just looking for your heart. And he smiled at me and he spoke, not with words, but with spirit to spirit. And he said to me, if you say my name, you will be saved. I just cried out, I don't know your name. I don't know anything. I had never heard the name of Jesus. And I was 21. And suddenly from way down deep inside, Jesus. Cry, my child, cry, my child, cleanse your soul, he said. And then he looked at me and said, For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, I'll be there, and through the flames, you will not be drowned. You will not be burned, for I am with you. And then he came this close to my face with those blazing blue eyes and he said, now follow me. And I followed him for 42 years and his love got stronger and his grace got wider. His redemption went 
And I believe that same Jesus, that King of kings and Lord of lords, the glorified Christ that I saw, I didn't see him as the Savior on the cross. I saw him with blazing white hair. I saw the King, the risen Christ. And just recently I asked him, Jesus, why did you show yourself to me 42 years ago as the king? And he said, Julie, because in the days that we live in right now, I am going to reveal myself to my people as the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the mighty And when I saw that white, transfigured Jesus in all his glory and his clothes were luminous and he was landing in different places around. He landed in one Christian school last week, didn't he? He landed, he's been landing here every Sunday. He's landing in places in Ashbury and different places. He's He's just landing and it's him. And people just can't stop worshipping him. And and people are falling on their knees crying because it's not religion. It's not the Pharisees. It's not just even the church. It's Jesus. And he's coming to reveal himself. Amen. And all he's looking for is a heart that's open. Amen. You may be stuck in this place tonight. Maybe you don't know Jesus and you've never met him. You've never made him Lord of your life. Just with every eye closed in this place, no one looking around. If you want to say a prayer with me, I'm not going to get you up. I'm not going to make you come out. This is between you and Jesus. This is so intimate. This is as intimate as it was for me in that room where no one was around. No one had to follow me up. No one had to give me a pack. I was going to follow Him and I was going to follow Him for the rest of my life because I'd seen Jesus. And that same Jesus is in this room right now, just with every eye closed. If you want to pray a prayer with me right now and make sure that you know Him. Make sure that you know Jesus, not that you've just been to church or you've had religion. Maybe you want to just say a prayer and recommit your life to Jesus tonight because I'm telling you, He's ready to deliver you. He's ready to set you free. He's ready to place your feet upon a rock. He's ready. He wants to come in power. Amen. But we're going to open the door. So right now, if you're in this room, just lift your hand up, put it down. I want to see it. And we're going to pray a prayer with everyone's eyes closed. Just lift your hand up, put it down right across this room right now. Just I'm the only one that's going to see it. Just lift it up, put it down. If you don't know Jesus, and today you say, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you've been far away from Him. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. Now, I believe that there is such an anointing in this room tonight. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He speaks so clearly to me. There is an anointing for true repentance in this place tonight. 
And you might just say, well, I'm, I'm, there's nothing going on in my heart. I'm good. Well, so did the Pharisees think that. You know, when we, we just, David, King David said, Lord, examine my heart. See if there be any unclean thing within me. Because I'm telling you, he's doing layers. He's going layers. He's removing layers. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because he's looking for his church. He's looking for his beloved. He's looking for his children. And he wants to set you on fire. He wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit. He wants to come and redeem you and deliver you and set you free because He wants a people that will carry His glory. He's going to pour out His glory on us. And His glory will be seen. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples of the earth, but the Lord will rise upon you and His glory shall be seen on you. That's where we're living right now. So tonight, let's examine our own hearts. I've been in this morning, I woke up early and I was just like, I, I, God, I just got to get on my face before you. Look at my heart, oh God. Look at my heart, oh God. Again, look at my heart, oh God. I want your glory so bad, God. Whatever has to go, has to go. Whatever you want from me, take it, Lord. I want you, every fiber of my being. David said that, King David. May every fiber of my being unite in holy reverence to your name. Every fiber of my being. Let it be so, Jesus. So what we're going to do right now is that we're going to take communion, but you're going to take communion between you and Jesus. We're going to get up and we're going to get some communion. We're going to sit back in our seats. And I just want you to hold your communion in your hand. These guys are going to sing over you once we've all got our communion. And then it's let's just do some heart surgery. Let's just do some heart searching and say, Holy Spirit, come. Like David said, examine my heart, oh God. Jesus, you died for me that I would be free. You died for this sin, Jesus. Take it tonight from us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to start at the back, and I think the ushers are going to just tell you when to stand up, come and take communion, go back to your seats. While you're waiting to take communion, why don't you just close your eyes and just meditate, start to examine your heart. Amen. Jesus. Jesus' name. Stay in that place of worship. Let's worship Him, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Holy Spirit, come, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Come, Jesus.
You're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me.
by your spirit, oh God. Set us on fire, God. Send your Holy Spirit, God. Fill us to overflowing, God, with your anointing. every heart God every place where we've emptied ourselves before you God would you come and fill it God would you come and make us new God would you come and let the new creation beings that we are come alive inside of us do you know that you have the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit living inside of you that you are a new creation being a greater work shall you do than Jesus has done. That's why He goes to be with the Father. And He left the Holy Spirit here with us. Thank you, Jesus. Just leave the lights down. Leave them down. Thanks. Let's exalt Him. Let's exalt Him. And during this song, we're just going to sing this last song. We're going to lift Him up. But if you want to come to the altar during this song, just kneel on the altar. Lay on your face on the altar and really surrender your heart to the Lord. We're going to open this altar. Hallelujah. Bring the lights down, please. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit.
just while you're standing on the altar in your seats, why don't you just have a conversation with Him right now and say, from this day forward, I'm all yours. I'm just sold out. From this day forward, I'm taking a step towards you, Jesus. From this day forward, God, I'm expecting my life to be changed. From this day forward, darkness will flee. From this day forward, I will be delivered. From this day forward, God, sin has no hold on me. From this day forward, depression has no hold on me. Hallelujah. Jesus. What we're going to do is, um, if the Lord's stirred you up and you're realizing that maybe you need to make make amendments towards the Lord in your life I I just really sense that it's been quite a sombering occasion in some sense but I know this it is very good news that God loves you unconditionally And He's so wanting that you make your mind up that you would accept Him as Lord of your whole life. And so I want to pray this prayer. It's a prayer of salvation. And everyone in the house, repeat after me. And this is for everyone. And this is to make sure and to give you an opportunity that you know when you walk from this this house of God you're bound for eternity bound for heaven and that you've made the greatest decision this Easter weekend and that is to say yes to Jesus so after me this prayer Father God I believe in your son Jesus I believe he walked the earth performed miracles died on the cross for my sin rose on the third day lives at the right hand of the Father and is praying for me interceding for me speaking to me daily Jesus I hear your voice I hear your stirring in my heart I declare right now in your presence that you are Lord. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I turn my back on darkness and I look to the light. I look to the truth and I look to the way of Jesus Christ. I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm destined for heaven, but in the meantime, Lord, bless me to be a blessing to all my friends and family. Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Can you just say that now? Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Now lift your hands up like this if you can. Lift your hands from the front to the back, from this side to this side. Everyone, lift your hands. Father, you said, if your son paid that price on the cross of Calvary, that you would give the promise of the Holy Spirit. So right now, I pray the baptism of the Holy Spirit to every single person in this house tonight. 
Yes, there it is. Marriages are being rekindled. Hearts are being recovered. Souls are being revived. Hearts are beginning to burn again. For the reward of your suffering, Lord. I love you, I serve you, and I accept you as Lord of my life. All the days of my life, I will walk with you in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Now the Lord came, God with us, Emmanuel. But now because of this price he's paid, God is with us walking with us and nothing can be against us nothing can be against you all the days of your life Jesus through in your life we've got two minutes left just come to the altar right now just stand there just stand on the altar and the Lord will see that he will see it come out of your seat and if you need a miracle in your health if you need a miracle in your finances if you need a miracle in your personal life in any dimension of your life quickly come right now quickly come and just stand on this altar kneel bow just stand on the altar Lord you see them you see them coming they need a miracle they need a miracle Lord they need a miracle in their business. They need a miracle in their lives, in their ministry. Lord, we pray. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, fire of God.
depths of his soul, into the deepest recesses of his heart, Lord. He's being recalibrated as a glory carrier, as a glory carrier to lay hands on the sick, to vanquish the enemy, so that wherever you occupy, whatever room, that atmosphere will change because of the glory that you carry. And when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. And when you speak, when you speak the words, the oracle of God, the double-edged sword of the Lord. And what is the double-edged sword of the Lord? It's, it's one side, one, one edge is the word that God said in His word. And the other edge is the word that is in your mouth. Jesus, two-edged sword. Jesus and sir may you stand for every man in this house that has been commissioned from on high deputized by the courts of Calvary to stand in these days of darkness and be a glory carrier in the power of Jesus name Jesus so every man lift your hands right now every man You've been called to duty to stand for your family, to stand for your neighborhood, to stand for your nation. Every man is being called to stand and to keep standing. And after you've stood, stand again because the Lord wants you dressed in the armor of God, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, sword of the Lord. Gird your loins with truth. of the gospel breastplate of righteousness because it's been imputed to you through this good friday revelation the cosmic revelation of the gospel it has been imputed to you righteousness you are in right standing with god and no matter what you have been through you are in right standing so come before him and come before the throne of grace daily early Jesus and that's for the rest of everyone here in the house come boldly confidently come boldly confidently Jesus come boldly confidently come boldly confidently to the throne of grace to the throne of grace amen amen power of God Bible says a form of godliness but denying the power therein we got to be careful of the guise of religious ceremony and pretense it denies the power of God therein in your life and in the church for it is the power the gospel is the power unto salvation. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost.
we're just pausing because I sense people are being filled for the first time in years. We're just pausing. Healing. Adam, be healed. Be healed. Top of your head to the tips of your toes. You've been infused with resurrection life. He's raising the dead. He's raising that calling in you. He's raising that mantle, that calling in you. He's raising your dreams. He's raising. He's resurrecting the dreams and the visions that you had and the very reason why you came to this nation. God is resurrecting the dreams and the visions. Yes. Jesus. I sense that there's some men in the church that need the fire of God, need the fire of God in their belly, the fire of God in their heart. You've been getting around with a pilot light. Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord, there it is, there it is. It's over here, it's over here, the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord's there. Spirit of the Lord's in these young people here. And the Spirit of the Lord is in that back there corner there. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of God here. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Holy. 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 Holy is the Lord God Almighty. King of glory. Prince of peace. Almighty God. King of glory, Jesus. We pray for the Central Coast. We pray for the peninsula to Gwondolin, from the mountains to the ocean. We pray for a move of the Spirit through the Central Coast. Can you agree with me? Can you agree with me right now? Every school, every hospital, there's a visitation of God right now. Jesus. Jesus, every church, Lord, seep under the doors, seep into the churches, the Holy Spirit, resurrect the dead, resurrect the dead, can these dead bones live again, can these dry bones live again, can this church live again, can this, oh, minister live again, can this, oh, can these leaders, can these men and women of God, can these marriages, can these people live again? Lord and so we say yes they can live holy 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 we're in a pregnant pause just stay there just stay there for a minute we're nearly done we're nearly done just keep receiving pull, pull your hands out of your pocket just lift your hands up like this Pull your hands out of your pocket. Do you want to be spirit-filled? Yes, good. Two men there want to be spirit-filled. Two at the back want to be spirit-filled. Yes, Peter, Lee. Yes, at the back there. You want to be spirit-filled. Yes. Empower them to pray, to speak in tongues. Lay hands on the sick to witness. And you shall receive power to be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, and all Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, even while... 
in the Sunshine Coast. after me I renounce every sin every compromise of my life now under your breath say it what it is or you can say it out loud if you're bold enough Lord I renounce compromise slackness laziness I renounce generational curses of my life. I renounce those soul ties of my life holding me, holding me bound. Lord, I forgive those ones who have spoken to me hurtful words, betrayed me, shamed me, mocked me. I forgive them right now. For you forgave me, Lord, and now I forgive them. The Bible says in Corinthians, if you forgive them, they can be forgiven so that you can be forgiven so that, that the enemy's plans, it actually says Satan's plans, can be revealed. I forgive them, Lord. Just say that. I forgive them. Forgive me now, Lord. All the bullying. What about the teenagers? I forgive those ones who have bullied me, spoken evil of me, mocked me. Lord, I forgive them. I lift them up to you. I bless them. In your presence, I bless them. So that Satan's plans may be outwitted. That's what it actually says. So that Satan's plans might be outwitted. Book of Corinthians states that. Now I am being... I'm being unraveled, untangled from besetting sins. I'm being untangled from iniquities. I'm being untangled from the sins of even the forefathers. Thank you, Lord. And I declare that because your blood was shed for the remission of sins. For the remission of sins. And the loosing of every curse. Cleanse me, wash me, purify me. Holy Spirit, fill me now. Fill me now. Fill me now. Fill me now. Like a cup runneth over, fill me as a vessel. As a vessel. As a vessel. Fill me. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Look at these hungry people. 
shall be who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You shall be filled for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Filled, filled, revived, refreshed, replenished. Yeah, God's doing a good work. That's awesome, guys. Powerful God's over here. Power of God. You guys. You guys. I lift you up into the countenance of the good Lord. I lift you up into the countenance of the good Lord. He smiles upon you. He's well pleased. He's well pleased of your initiatives. He's well pleased with your plans and purposes that glorify God. May He galvanize your efforts. May He galvanize your efforts with the heavenly resources that you so need, with the heavenly resources that you so need that are so plentiful, it's ridiculous because the Lord has given us such an, a, such a bounty of blessings. And they're yours in Jesus' name. And all these spiritual blessings shall be yours and will be yours. So be filled. Wash, cleanse, and then be filled. Reinstate your reinstate your boundary lines reinstate for the boundary lines have fallen for you in pleasant places for the boundary lines have fallen for you in pleasant places Jesus Spirit of the Lord Unfortunately, we've shut the altar down. And the altar is where you get altered. The altar is where you do business with God. It's where I got married. I walked to the altar and I said, I do. My wife said, I do. And we entered into holy matrimony on the altar. We didn't do it in our seats. We came to the altar. Don't let the fire go out on the altar, folks. 
Amen. Don't let that fire go out because that's where all the transactions happen. They're heavenly transactions. This is where you trade in your sorrow. You trade in your, your burdens. You trade in your heartaches. Beauty for ashes. such a need. We're finding there's such a need for people to do business with the Lord on the altar. You're more than welcome to do that anytime when you come here. Please. We make no apologies for the altar being set alight even on Good Friday because it's for the reward of his suffering that the Lord did this so that you can be made whole. Zozo life, abundant life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said in the next breath, but I have come to give life, life abundantly. There's so much more. There's so much more, believer. There's so much more. Let's give the Lord a hand clap right now. There's so much more. More, Lord. More. More of the children than the one who has a husband. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Be devoted to the Word of God. Strengthen your stakes. Be devoted to the Word of God. Lengthen your cords. How do you lengthen your cords? You repent. You let more of Jesus in your heart. Lengthen your cords. For the Lord wants to occupy more of your heart, more of your life, more of your family, more of your business, more of your marriage. The Lord wants to do a good work in you. Sing, O barren woman. Sing. Sing, O barren one. Sing. Come on, let's sing one last time. Just one more. Oh, give the Lord a yell. Come on, give him a shout. Hosanna.
Church Church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't be surprised if in the middle of the night you wake up laughing. Because we've been doing this lately and we haven't done that since the 90s, Liam Peter. We haven't had the joy since the 90s. We were starting to look like, you know, we've been sucking lemons. And we were getting so serious. And now it's like we look at each other when we're laying in bed and we burst out laughing. It isn't because he's ugly, he's gorgeous. But I just, we just laugh and then we laugh so loud, get this, we have to shut the back door of our room, which goes right, because the, the sound goes down the river at the back of our house. And you can hear this cackling going all the way along the river. <laughs> oh, it's, it's terrible noise, but it's beautiful. Amen. And I think our, our, our neighbours are getting saved because they just go, well, I want to be happy too. Like, you know, so that's the other thing God's doing is filling us with joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, amen. And as you get set free, just thank Him and worship Him. Worship Him in your car, worship Him in your home. Get your kids worshiping, have communion together. You know, let's declare these places of Christianity to be alive in Jesus Christ, amen. And let's go take this world over, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, arise, shine for your We have to let you go. We want to stay forever. One day we will worship forever. Are you going to come and sit by my fig tree with me? Are we going to worship Jesus forever with all the angels? We won't have any more denominational barriers and crap stuff. We'll just be all together loving Jesus as we should be, like we are right now. Amen. Like a big family that love each other. And this is what God is doing. It's so wonderful. Hallelujah. Drive safely. We love each and every one of you, all the visitors that have come. Lee and Peter, we just adore you guys and all this team. These guys have been down in Melbourne, pouring their lives out. After they got saved with us, they went and bought a tent and have been going around Australia for how many? 20? 30? 30 years today. They've been preaching the gospel. We can't, we can't get, we, that's no, yes, okay. Had a successful drilling company, trucks, major drilling stuff, ladies, sorry, but I can't describe, but it, big machinery, very successful. And God just so touched him that he and she decided, no, we've got to do what God's calling us to do. Sold the whole shebang, bought a tent and went on the road ministering out back to indigenous and, uh, and anywhere God took them. Man, guys, uh, how long have you been doing that? 30 years since you got saved, but the, the tent ministry... Yeah. Just come up quick. You got to. You know, have you, everybody got five minutes? I mean, really, come on. Have we got five minutes? These guys are all the way from Queensland, and um, it's so it's so powerful. Stand up here. Look at them. Look at them. Hallelujah. So quickly, tell us your story. 
Okay. This too can happen the, to the, you. the one minute version. Okay. So 30 years ago, I've been asking God what day it was, right? I'm pretty sure it was today, hey. 30 years ago, we were drug addicts and we ran out of petrol around the corner from these guys' place. We're going to actually take our team there after the service and show them the exact place we ran out of petrol. <laughs> we ended up in their um, living room getting saved. She came, knocked on the door, right? Because she said, I know there's a pastor that lives in this street and they ran out of petrol and they were on their way to score drugs, right? I can tell it better than you. Drugs on credit. They're on their way to get drugs on credit. And so they ran out of petrol. She said, well, this pastor down the road here, I know where she lives and they'll give us five bucks for pet. Ten? Was it Ten. That was a big ask, you know, back in that day. <laughs> so she comes to our front door. He's down the road in the car with the kids. And she comes knocking our front door and says, Hi, you know, do you remember me? I'm a friend of your sister's, hey? And she said, Will you lend me 10 bucks? We've run out of petrol. I said, I'll give you 10 bucks if you tell me what happened to your eye. Because you had a massive black eye, right? You were a naughty boy back then. Amen. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus sets the captives free. Amen. And he really sets them free. And so she started crying and said, you know, my husband had a bit of a freak out. And Okay, come on in here. Where is he? He's down the street in the car. Phil, go down the street and get him. So Phil goes down the street. You come with me, bring the kids back to our house. You walked into our house. You gave your hearts to the Lord. They got completely delivered of every, so many demons, so many demons. We had to fumigate our house. We had to burn the chair he was sitting in. That's no joke. That's no joke. The stuff that came out of them. And I'm telling you, they've been set on fire ever since. And we're so proud of them. Disciples, they're disciples, 30 years preaching the gospel. Tell them how proud you are of them, Dad. So proud, but help me join the dots. What happened? You left us, you successful drilling company. I said that. Can you just give us one minute? How did you end up on the road? We weren't even pastors then. Actually. I don't think so. No, no, help us. No, we I, I just remember what Julie said to me when I was baptised. I come out of the water and water dripping off me. And she said to Peter, this is your new husband, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. He's... His name, he, he was sleazy, but now sleazy. <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, um, and can I just say before I just mention how we got into drilling, we really honour you guys. We honour the commitment that you've made to this house. And we preach all around Australia telling the story of how we run out of fuel in front of the pastor's house. So we just want to honour you guys for what you've done. And... And I do. If you give me a microphone, man, I'll go all night. But <laughs> I, um, I just, you were speaking about the 90s, and we've seen some of the greatest moves of God in the 90s, in the meetings, you know, big thick fog clouds coming down and people laughing, people laughing, 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 laughing. But we, um, we, we didn't even have $10 to put in our car. And then God took us to making 1.1 million a year. That was just on an average year. Um, and, and that was all the Lord. But the Lord, we went into the ministry. Um, I, I, this is a, a really short version of our life. Um, we, 
we lost four family members in 2010 between, well, actually we lost two family members. One was Peter's dad and one was my brother. Another was a good friend and another friend. And that was between 2010 and 2011. So Peter come home one day from church and she said, I've had enough. Um, let's buy a big tent. And I said, oh, okay, I think it's all the trauma and, you know, what's <laughs> happened. And, and um, so, but we went on to, um, on to Google, I think, or wherever we looked. And there was this thousand seat tent for sale. So we went and we bought this tent. Um, we bought the trucks because we had the money then. We bought all the equipment and we hit the road on a 12 week tour. We'd never preached a word. We'd never preached one message in our lives. We, we just got speakers in and we did a 12 week tour up the east coast of Australia. But in 2014, and just to get to the story why we went out of, uh, out of the drilling, as I still had the drill rigs, but I had people, uh, I was in a crusade at Bean League Showground in Queensland and people were coming in under the canopy of the tent and they were getting slain, they were crying, they were giving their hearts to the Lord. And on that same crusade, um, a lady got catapulted four rows of chairs. She had she come in with stage four cancer. She had a wig on and I didn't recognise her. her. name was Lois Thompson. She lost her husband five years before from cancer and she had stage four cancer and she got catapulted four chairs back and um, she fell on the floor and I, I run up to her because that's something phenomenal. And nobody prayed for her either. Just an angel of the Lord picked her up and threw her, said, you're healed. Um, and she, she's, and I said, Lois, if you're not healed tonight, I don't know what. And um, she went to the doctor and the doctor said, you're in remission. She wrote a book about it. But on that night, the Lord said to me, he said, Lee, what's it going to be? Is it going to be the drilling company or is it going to be the ministry? And I said, Lord, I would never give up the ministry. And um, from that point on, everything, you know, we sold all the equipment, we sold the gear and we're, we're committed to what we do and we travel Australia we preach the gospel uh, we do um, schools as well we just come back from an empowered school and that's to empower the church fivefold ministry and and that's just a little brief sort of outline of what we do um, but you know that day if we knocked on your door and you said no I'm not letting you in I wouldn't know where we'd be <laughs> amen can I, can I tell you something Five years before I knocked on your door, I knocked on another pastor's door and I asked the exact same question. And you know what they said? I'll have to go and ask the board. <laughs> so praise God for you guys. Because <laughs> they were board possessed. <laughs> it's so good. Well, do you want to pray a blessing over these guys? And Listen, this is an example of what God can do in one moment. Gone are the days of sitting on your rusty dusties. Gone are the days of not being used by God and watching everybody else doing it and sitting around like Sunday Christians. God is mobilising His church and every one of you has a mission from God. Every single one of you and He's mobilising us. And those dreams that are in your bellies, they're going to come to pass. Amen. Because God's in the business of releasing you. He's not in the business of controlling you any longer. Amen. You've been controlled not by God, but by spirits. Amen. And by a world system. But we're coming out of that system into freedom. And the church will be mobilised. And everybody is going to do the work of the ministry 
And that's what we're here for, to equip you to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> they say that this is the generation possibly, and I believe it to be true, and they say it is, that four generations will run together. That's the boomers, the millennials, or the Xs, the millennials, and the Gen Zs. And it's happening. How many Gen Zs we got in their house? We go, yeah, there they are. So these are extraordinary days where the hearts of the fathers return the children, children of the father, the spirit of Elijah. It, it's a very powerful move of God, guys. It, it's not going to be a quaint and nice and clever, shiny, fantastic, plastic, fantastic anymore. Big screens, smoke machines and skinny jeans. Although I do have skinny jeans on tonight because I didn't know I had them. Julie said, I've got some new jeans. I said, what do you mean? Oh, okay. So. And um, look, it's time to get brutally honest with Jesus. It's time to get brutally honest with your, 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 your placement in the family of God. Uh, the church is being activated and mobilized as we speak. We've got the hordes of hell coming at us through media, through the schools, indoctrination and all that. You know that socialism is knocking on our door now. It's, I was wondering why my dad in the 60s and the 70s growing up, he'd always been talking about socialism because he fought in the Second World War. Socialism, so what are you talking about socialism, dad? We don't have a socialist. Well, socialism caught up with us, didn't it? Uh, trying to control us every which way. But we shall not be controlled. We've got to draw a line in the sand. We've got to put a line of demarcation and, and prevent our children, our families, our people, uh, our churches, in fact, from being influenced by the spirit of the world. And that's going to take a, a concerted effort from everyone. And it's going to take the men to stand up too, I must say. This patsy manhood thing, you know, that, that you've got to stand up and be counted, men, because I've got some young on fire girls that need on fire young men when they get older, when you get in your 20s. Not now, you guys, but when you get in your 20s. And don't settle. Don't settle for people meandering through life. You know, Jordan Peterson says, you're born for an adventure, the greatest adventure of your life. And that's what I sold my heart out to and my life out to and my family. I put my family on the front row of ministry because life is for living and it's living to make an influence for Jesus so that I can lay my weary head down at the end of the day and say, Jesus, I gave it my best shot. Amen. And I've did, I did my bit for the next gen. And, uh, and I hope that you are doing that, that you are doing your level best to take ground for the next gen because, amen, they, they will be looking at your gen and saying, wow, why are we living in this little place you know why are we taking this and that so father we pray that tonight that something has transpired through your great sacrifice on the cross lord we do with all sincerity with a sober spirit we thank you for that massive price you paid for our lives to be saved to be to be saved to be walking with you all our days is because, Jesus, you love each one of us. And so, Father, we thank you for your Son. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And I bless every single soul, every family, every man and woman, and your extended family, and your children, and your marriages, and your businesses and finances, and your emotional health. God can, God can set you free. Wisdom and understanding.
Bible says in Isaiah will give you the stability for the times. Wisdom and understanding comes via the apostolic and prophetic ministry in your Bible and through the people of God He uses. It's not time to sit in a safe paddock of pastoral kumbaya and pat you and stroke you. It's time to get off your rusty, dusty and raise your colours and count yourself in to the greatest rescue plan that God initiated long time ago and the harvest is a plentiful and He's asking for you to help with that great harvest and you shall be fully equipped and fully resourced to walk those days out. I know it to be true and I declare it to be true in Jesus' name. Bless you and thank you. Thank you so much for coming out tonight and celebrating Jesus. I bless you. Amen. From our house to your house, from our family to your family, bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. So we have a family service on Sunday. We're going to try and do a family service. Because <laughs> um, we're being broadcast with Rima FM. It's going to go out over the airways right across the central coast. So they're going to set up and they're going to broadcast it out there in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pastor Andrew is going to be preaching. Yes, you can have an Easter egg too. Jesus is risen. Amen. Let's come and get some joy on Sunday. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you to the team.